Hey guys, welcome to the 17th episode of the Mesona podcast. Last time Thomas and Minho did all the preparation for their run in the maze and this time in chapter 33 they are going to run the maze like Thomas is going to become a runner like today is Thomas's first day as a runner. I hope you're excited just like Thomas. There are going to be some discoveries today. So let's get started without further ado. Chapter 33. They went through the west door into section 8 and made their way down several corridors. Thomas right beside Minho as he turned right and left without seeming to think about it, running all the while. The early morning light had a sharp sheen about it, making everything look bright and crisp. The ivy, the cracked walls, the stone blocks of the ground Though the sun had a few hours before hitting the noon spot up above there was plenty of light to see by Thomas kept up with Minho as best as he could having to sprint every once in a while to catch back up They finally made it to a rectangular cut in a long wall to the north that looked like a doorway without a door Minho ran straight through it without stopping This leads from section 8 the middle left square to section 1 the top left square like I said This passage is always in the same spot but the route here might be a little different because of the walls rearranging themselves. Thomas followed him surprised at how heavy his breaths had already become. He hoped it was only jitters that his breathing would steady soon. They ran down the long corridor to the right passing several turns to the left. When they reached the end of the passage Minho slowed to barely more than a walk. and reached behind him to pull out a notepad and pencil from a side pocket in his backpack he jotted a note then put them back never fully stopping thomas wondered what he had written but minho answered him before he could pose the question i rely mostly on memory the keeper huffed his voice finally showing a hint of strain but about every fifth turn i write something down to help me later mostly just related to stuff from yesterday what's different today Then I can use yesterday's map to make today's easy peasy, dude. Thomas was intrigued. Minho did make it sound easy. They ran for a short while before they reached an intersection. They had three possible choices, but Minho went to the right without hesitating. As he did so, he pulled one of his knives from a pocket and without missing a beat, cut a big piece of ivy off the wall. He threw it on the ground behind him and kept running. Breadcrumbs, Thomas asked. the old fairy tale popping into his mind such odd glimpses of his past had almost stopped surprising him breadcrumbs minho replied i'm hansel your gretel okay guys i really hope you remember the story of hansel and gretel if not i suggest you go and read it up on they went following the course of the maze sometimes turning right sometimes turning left after every turn minho cut and dropped a 3 foot length of ivy Thomas couldn't help being impressed. Minho didn't even need to slow down to do it. All right, the keeper said, breathing heavier now. Your turn. What? Thomas hadn't really expected to do anything but run and watch on his first day. Cut the ivy now. You gotta get used to it on the run. We pick them up as we come back or kick them to the side. Thomas was happier than he thought he would be at having something to do, though it took him a while to become good at it. First couple of times he had to sprint to catch up after cutting the ivy and once he nicked his finger but by his 10th attempt he could almost match Minho at the task on they went 
After they had run a while, Thomas had no idea for how long or how far, but he guessed three miles. Then he slowed to a walk, then stopped altogether. Break time. He swung off his pack and pulled out some water and an apple. Thomas didn't have to be convinced to follow Minho's lead. He guzzled his water, relishing the wet coolness as it washed down his dry throat. Slow down there, his head, Minho yelled. Save some for later. Thomas stopped drinking, sucked in a big, satisfied breath, then burped. He took a bite of his apple, feeling surprisingly refreshed. For some reason, his thoughts turned back to the day Minho and Albie had gone to look at the dead griever, when everything had gone to plunk. You never really told me what happened to Albie that day, why he was in such bad shape. Obviously, the griever woke up, but what happened? Minho had already put his backpack on. He looked ready to go. Well, shock thing wasn't dead. Albie poked at it with his foot like an idiot and that bad boy suddenly sprang to life, spikes flaring, its fat body rolling all over him. Something was wrong with it, though. It didn't really attack like usual. It seemed like it was mostly just trying to get out of there and poor Albie was in the way. So it ran away from you guys. From what Thomas had seen only a few nights before, he couldn't imagine it. Minho stretched. Yeah, I guess maybe it needed to get recharged or something. I don't know. What could have been wrong with it? Did you see an injury or anything? Thomas didn't know what kind of answer he was searching for, but he was sure there had to be a clue or a lesson to learn from what happened. Minho thought for a minute. No, Shakthin just looked dead, like a wax statue. Then boom, it was back to life. Thomas's mind was churning, trying to get somewhere. Only... He didn't know where or which direction to even start in. I just wonder where it went. Where they always go, don't you? He was quiet for a second. Then, haven't you ever thought of following them? Man, you do have a death wish, don't you? Come on, we gotta go. And with that, Minho turned and started running. As Thomas followed, he struggled to figure out what was tickling the back of his mind. Something about that griever being dead and then not dead. Something about where it had gone once it sprang to life. Frustrated, he put it aside and sprinted to catch up. Thomas ran right behind Minho for two more hours, sprinkled with little breaks that seemed to get shorter every time. Good shape or not, Thomas was feeling the pain. Finally, Minho stopped and pulled off his backpack once more. They sat on the ground, leaning against the soft ivy as they ate lunch, neither one of them talking much. Thomas relished every bite of his sandwich and veggies, eating as slowly as possible. He knew Minho would make them get up and go once the food disappeared, so he took his time. Anything different today? Thomas asked, curious. Minho reached down and patted his backpack where his notes rested. Just to the usual mall movements, nothing to get your skinny but excited about. Thomas took a long swig of water, looking up at the ivy-covered wall opposite them. He got a flash of silver and red, something he had seen more than once that day. What's the deal with those beetle blades? he asked. They seemed to be everywhere. Then Thomas remembered what he had seen in the maze. So much had happened, he hadn't had the chance to mention it. And why do they have the word wicked written on their backs? Never been able to catch one. Minho finished up his meal and put his lunchbox away. And we don't know what that word means. Probably just something to scare us. But they have to be spies. For them. Only thing we can reckon. Who is them, anyway? 
Thomas asked, ready for more answers. He hated the people behind the maze. Anybody have a clue? We don't know Jack about the stupid creators. Inho's face reddened as he squeezed his hands together, like he was choking someone. Can't wait to rip there. But before the keeper could finish, Thomas was on his feet and across the corridor. What's that? He interrupted, heading for a dull glimmer of grey. He had just noticed behind the ivy on the wall, about head high. Oh, yeah, that, Inho said, his voice completely indifferent. Thomas reached in and pulled apart the curtains of ivy, then stared blankly at a square of metal riveted to the stone with words stamped across it in big capital letters. He put his hand out to run his fingers across them, as if he didn't believe his eyes. World in Catastrophe Kill Zone Experiment Department He read the words aloud, then looked back at Minho. What's this? It gave him a chill. It had to have something to do with the creators. I don't know, Shank. They are all over the place, like freaking labels for the nice pretty maze they built. I quit bothering to look at them a long time ago. Thomas turned back to stare at the sign, trying to suppress the feeling of doom that had risen inside him. Not much here that sounds very good. Catastrophe. Kill zone. Experiment. Real nice. Yeah, real nice, Greeny. Let's go. Reluctantly, Thomas let the vines fall back into place and swung his backpack over his shoulders. And off they went, those six words burning holes in his mind. Okay, guys, these words are really important. I want you to learn them. Or maybe you have already. Or maybe you will. They are used many times, okay? World in Catastrophe. Kill Zone Experiment Department. Take the initials of these words, okay? World. W. N. I. Catastrophe C, Kill Zone K, Experiment E, Department D, and tada, get the word which did. Yeah, I know, I'm a genius. <laughs> Let's continue with Minho and Thomas then. You can appreciate me afterwards. An hour after lunch, Minho stopped at the end of a long corridor. It was straight, the walls solid with no hallways branching off. The last dead end, he said to Thomas. Time to go back. Thomas sucked in a deep breath, trying not to think about only being halfway done for the day. Nothing new. Just the usual changes to the way we got here. Day is half over, and he replied as he looked at his watch emotionlessly. Gotta go back. Without waiting for a response, the keeper turned and set off at a run in the direction from which they had just come. Thomas followed, frustrated that they couldn't take time to examine the walls, explore a little. He finally pulled in stride with Minho, but just shut it, dude. Remember what I said earlier. Can't take any chances. Plus, think about it. You really think there's an exit anywhere? A secret trapdoor or something? I don't know. Maybe. Why do you ask it that way? Minho shook his head, spat a big wad of something nasty to his left. There's no exit. It's just more of the same. A wall is a wall is a wall. Solid. Thomas felt the heavy truth of it, but pushed back anyway. How do you know? Because people willing to send grievers after us aren't going to give us an easy way out. This made Thomas doubt the whole point of what they were doing. Then why even bother coming out here? Minho looked over at him. Why bother? Because it's here. Gotta be a reason. But if you think we're going to find a nice little gate that leads to Happy Town, you're smoking cow clunk. 
Thomas looked straight ahead, feeling so hopeless he almost slowed to a stop. This sucks. Smartest thing you have said yet, Dini. Then he blew out a big puff of air and kept running, and Thomas did the only thing he knew to do. He followed. The rest of the day was a blur of exhaustion to Thomas. He and Minho made it back to the glade, went to the map room, wrote up the day's maze route, compared it to the previous days. Then there were the walls closing and dinner. Chuck tried to talk to him several times, but all Thomas could do was nod and shake his head, only half hearing. He was so tired. Before twilight faded to blackness, he was already in his new favorite spot in the forest cover, curled up against the ivy, wondering if he could ever run again, wondering how we could possibly do the same thing tomorrow, especially when it seemed so pointless. Being a runner had lost its glamour after one day. Every ounce of the noble courage he had felt, the will to make a difference, the promise to himself to reunite Chuck with his family, it all vanished into an exhausted fog of hopeless, wretched weariness. He was somewhere very close to sleep when a voice spoke in his head, a pretty, feminine voice that sounded as if it came from a fairy goddess trapped in his skull. The next morning, when everything started going crazy, he would wonder if the voice had been real or part of a dream. But he heard it all the same and remembered every word. Tom, I just triggered the ending. That's it for today, guys. And we know the pretty from the nine voice that sounded as if it came from a fairy goddess was of Teresa. And she has just triggered the ending, whatever that means. I know you're excited. Or maybe not, because it's the ending that is triggered. Anyways, I'll see you next Sunday only on the Masonra podcast to see what exactly all this is about.